Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Amen, amen. Well, why don't you turn to your neighbor, say you're in the right place today. And for those of you that are online, maybe you could just smash that like button, like we always say, and just pass this around, maybe follow and subscribe for just more um, things related to Big Church. So just a few announcements that we have to go over. So one, we have our CYBL basketball. So uh, that program is going to be running um, this summer. They're going to be doing um, a summer league on July 8th, um, as well as a new um, skills training clinic. So that is all uh, available, and you can check that out at cyblbasketball.ca for more details and to register. Um, So a couple other announcements. We have our church barbecue. That's going to be coming up on Sunday, August 21st at 5 p.m. Check out the weekly. Check out um, the website if you're wanting to get more details on that. Um, And uh, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have just lots of games, food, water, fellowship, hot dogs, burgers, that kind of thing. So it's going to be a great time to be able to uh, spend some time together. And we usually do that uh, once a year. We know that um, a lot of like the parents of like kids club, they're always asking, when's that barbecue um, going on? So this is the date. If you know anybody that might be interested in coming out, like a family or friend, um, feel free to bring them out to that as well. Um, Other than that, we have our replenish retreat. That's going to be coming up. Um, So these are just a couple of the big announcements. So um, October 14th and 15th. And the theme is going to be according to his riches and glory, um, which comes from Philippians uh, 4.19. So every time we're putting on a retreat, believe it or not, guys, God is invested in each one of us. And so it doesn't matter what the situation is. doesn't matter what you're going through. God is invested in an individual. And in each individual, there is something that God is doing. He is refining us. He's growing inside of us, and he's transforming our lives to be something significant in regards to what he has instilled, the way he wants to get us closer to him, the way he wants us to love one another. All of those things are things that he's constantly doing, and he does that inside of every single believer because every believer has been called a child of his, and every child is a complete um, blessing to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so, according to his riches and glory, that's what we're focusing on. So it's going to be a good time to be able to enter in that way. As well, um, we do have um, an opportunity for anybody that is a new believer or new to the faith. There are lessons in those uh, retreats um, before the retreat starts, a few weeks before, as well as after. So if you um, just check out our website or the, uh, the weekly email that we send out, you can get all the details on that event. So just keep an eye on the weekly and our website for different events that are coming up. Uh, There's going to be many more coming in the year. Um, You know, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And just be encouraged um, with just different types of things that that are coming out. And we just uh, love and appreciate um, every single one in our family. Amen? We're all a family, and it's just great to have that fellowship time together. Speaking of fellowship time... After service, we are having our um, service hangout outside. So I know uh, Carrie and I, like, we've got our lawn chairs. We just want to be able to hang out and just connect and just be able to have more times to just be able to relate with one another. Amen? Um, So that is pretty much it for um, announcements for this week. I'm just covering some of the main ones. 
Um, so for getting into offering, um, for those of you that are wanting to give, um, you can e-transfer through giving at bigchurchberry.ca uh, to give electronically uh, through the mail or in the bucket at the front um, uh, after the announcements during worship. Um, and just make sure to include your full name and address if this is your first time to give to receive a tax receipt. And we do have an online giving option as well too now. So definitely check that out if that's something that uh, you want to try. Um, so the scripture verse I want to bring out today comes from Luke 11:42, And <clears throat> I find this really awesome because, you know, you hear a lot of people um, talking about like, you know, when it comes to tithes and offerings, oh, it's an Old Testament covenant, it's a New Testament covenant, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's this debate on, well, should we tithe, should we not tithe, that kind of thing. But, you know, when it comes from the horse's mouth, you know what I mean, there's definitely some proof in the pudding. So if Jesus says something and he's, he's accurate, in, you know, in, in, in being very direct in what he's saying, we know that we can take that uh, and take that seriously. So it says here, uh, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But check this out, it says, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the things more important, uh, or sorry, the more important things. So we can see here that God does say, yes, tithe, but what does he actually emphasize? He's emphasizing something different. He's emphasizing the heart condition, right? But you ignore justice and the love of God. Is not justice and the love of God more relevant to what we can, um, how we can grow in our in our relationship and our walk with the Lord. You know, these Pharisees, they were so keen on taking care of all of these little tiny details, but they were so far from the heart of what the issue was. And so you can see here that obviously there's a commitment that the Lord has asked us to, to do when it comes to tithing, but he said, do not, do not um, ignore justice and the love of God. So when we talk about, you know, tithes, when we talk about offering, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we bring up different types of scriptures. A lot of the scriptures that I, I typically bring up are ones that just revolve around the heart, that revolve around generosity, that revolve around uh, giving to one another, that revolve around those kinds of principles. Because when we're looking after the, the things that are more essential, the things that are more important, something as simple as tithing becomes just that, something simple mundane. It doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? You're not even focusing on it because you're so focused on doing something bigger inside your heart. You're so focused on being more of the church on the inside of your heart. And there's something more fulfilling in that. And so I just wanted to share that verse today and just encourage each one of you and just to keep growing in all of those things that God has over your life. So God, we just pray right now that you would just deal with our hearts, Lord God that we would not be a church, Lord God, that grows cold, Lord God, and does, ignores injustice, Lord God, or a church, Lord God, that does not love who you are. God, we pray that we would grow in the love of God, that we would grow in justice, Lord God, and that we would care about the things that you care about. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. because right now it's in the front. So we have people online that do watch, and uh, so we're mindful of that because I have different ones every week that aren't able to make it for different reasons, and they're like, 
received this week. So I know some of us here, say hi to them, just wave. And actually what I want us to do is I want us to come close because I'm coming down. I don't want to be up here. So I'm going to be right in the front here. Can we all go into this section and actually like each other? <laughs> and not be spread like way out. There's something about just being together. And uh, so we're. All right, wow. <laughs> you know, we went, Judah and I went, uh, we did Canada's Wonderland, my grandson and I, we did a day at Wonderland. He likes rides and the other ones, his sisters don't, so I thought I'll take him there. But we, we had a break, a half hour break in 11 and a half hours of roller coasters, um, and we went to a show. And so when you want to get the best seats in a show, what do you do? You get now line up early and you get in the front. You know, it should be the same for church, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to be that way. But uh, that'll change. But um, I'm wanting to, uh, there's something that I've been getting from Scripture, and it's, it's a basic thing, but it's so important. And I think we miss a lot of things in God we miss because they're so simple. And... Um, the title of the message is called God's Garden. So it's, it's gardening with God and Greg. <laughs> and um, and the, the Bible has so much to say about this. And if we understand it, and I want us to go first of all to 1 Corinthians 3. Now, we're having problems with the screen um, we don't. We can't pull the scriptures up. They're really, really tiny, and something's been messed up back there. And we can't do anything until our tech guys here. So we apologize for that. We're gonna have to do old school, where you actually have to look up the verse for yourself. So it's First Corinthians three, one to eight. We're gonna do a Bible drill. Who gets to that first? <laughs> All right, Donald Marie. Yeah, where you're here in the remember that? So um, Paul here is, is speaking. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, he says, When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who's Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. And each one of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. Mm -hmm. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants 
and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. And this is the part I want to focus on. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. Another translation says you are God's vineyard or God's garden. And you are God's building as well. But I'm not going to focus on the building part because I could do a whole message on just the building um, because there's so many things to compare there. But I'm, I'm wanting us to see we're God's garden. And there is a lot with gardens that you, you, we need to understand because if we understand it, we will be able to cultivate our walk with God much better because we understand how it works. Number one thing with gardens is it's a daily, it takes day, daily care. If you, if you see a beautiful garden, they take care of it every day. And may not be a whole lot, but they're pulling at that weed if that weed needs to get pulled out. They water it when it needs to be watered, which if there's no rain, it needs to be watered more. But there's daily care. And daily is so important. Because a lot of times we, we turn on and we turn off God. We turn on and we turn off, you know, devotions and reading the Word. And one of the most important things is the Word of God. And we're going to look at this because this is so important. You know that someone came to Jesus. I want to actually read it. I don't have it in my notes here, but I was going over this. Jesus was preaching to a crowd. I was reading this in Luke. And... Um, just, and the multitudes, of course, are there. People are healed. And all of a sudden, a lady shouts out, and this is what she says. It says, now, while Jesus was saying these things, one woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that gave you birth and the breasts at which you nursed. So she's like, wow, you have an amazing mother. You know, this woman that, that brought in you, you know, the son of God, you're, you're, she's amazing. How many know that's a pretty amazing mom? I mean, you birthed God's baby. You're raising God. Okay, it's like, that's pretty important. No, no stress, eh? <laughs> and this is what Jesus says. This is an interesting reply. He said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and continually observe it or continually put it into practice. He was like, that went higher than Mary. And all the Catholics were like, what? <laughs> this is what Jesus said. Let's not argue with him. And so the word of God is so important. And we can see this um, in scriptures. You know, if we... One thing gardens need is they need watering. And a lot of Christians, you know, say, I'm dry, I'm dry, I'm dry in my walk. And, you know, the first thing I'll ask them, are you, are you in the word of God and are you praying? And most of the times they haven't because they're discouraged and they don't want to. Yet the scriptures in Ephesians, this is what it says. It's talking about husbands and it says, for husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So the washing of the word and, and, and refreshing 
and being filled and being poured out on comes when we read the scriptures. Just as we just read the scriptures. Not listen to a YouTube video on it. We got experts on every kind of thing. They Google it and they figure out this and they figure out that and they get, they get everything. Get the word of God and use your own brain and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You. Because you're wired in a way he needs to speak to you. In a way that you can hear it. And all these other voices and noises, they are good sideline things, but they can't be your main source. They can't be the main thing. And if you're not even getting the word, Jesus elevates his word. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. They are so important. The word of God is so important. This is something that we have to be in every day. We have to be seeking out this truth. We have to be, as the voices are coming at us more and more and more, bombarding all kinds of things, we have to know what God says. This is his manual. This is his, his blueprint for us to follow. And these are the seeds that he's planting in his garden. And we, we need to look at these seeds because these seeds are so important. Let's go to Mark 4. So with, with gardening, I just want us to, there's, there's three things with gardening. It's daily care. It, it needs watering. You need to take care of weeds. But you also need to be planted in the right place. Now, um, I've, we bought houses with existing gardens. And sometimes people plant things in the wrong spot. And sometimes I've planted things in the wrong spot. Some things need shade. Some things need full sun. Some things need different types of soil, so they grow different ways. How many know people are like that? You got fast growers, slow growers in, in gardening. You got radishes, they come up and like they're, they're ready in what, a week, it seems? They're like, and then you've got, you know, other things that take months. And then you've got trees, some trees grow so fast, and then you've got an oak tree that's just this slow, slow, steady, steady, but it won't stop growing for hundreds of years. They, they will grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And then you've got other ones that only have a 10-year lifespan. And then they're gone. You have to replant. So there's so much variety. But what I found is um, if something's planted in the wrong spot, I had this, these, these Shasta daisies. They were planting in the shady spot in one of our houses. And I had, they weren't growing. They were just... And I thought, I'll move them into full sun. I moved them into a middle garden. In one year, they just exploded. In three years, one tiny little withered plant multiplied into three huge bushes of, just because they were in the right spot. And it's important that we allow God to, you know, the Bible says God sets each member in the body just as he pleases. So, God has places that he has us set. And those areas where there's gifts, where there's areas where you're going to flourish and you're going to grow, and you've got to allow him to plant you in those areas and allow that to grow out of you and to let it multiply and multiply. Maddie with Kids Club. Maddie has to be with kids. 
God put that in her. You know, if we put her in youth ministry, she could do it. Be great. But her heart and God, the way God wired her, it just comes in and it will multiply. Now, is everyone called to do that? No. Everyone can help. <laughs> and we, 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 <laughs> we need others to help. <clears throat> but it's important that when we are in the area that God has gifted you in or strengthened you in, that's where you're going to flourish in his garden. That's where you're going to multiply over and over and over again. And so many times we try to be, you know, someone, I wish I could be that, that big, huge flower over there, you know, and you're this tiny little shrub, you know, and all of them have, have a purpose. But it's like we, we start comparing different parts and we're like, I want to be that. And it's like, no, you've got to be who you are in this garden of God's and allow him to work in you. But the, the word... The, the, the very first part of God growing anything in us is a receiving the seeds of his word. And it's so important. I'll, I'll show you how important it is. Jesus here, he's telling this parable. So we'll go to Mark 4, starting at verse 3. He said, here, listen. He said, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So they produced no grain. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him, what does this parable mean? Then verse 13, then Jesus said to them, and this is very important. He said, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? So in other words, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of seed time and harvest, that whole understanding of what we sow, we reap, and understanding that we're cooperating with God. God does his part, but we do our part. How many know Paul planted, Apollos watered, or who, I can't remember which one did, but it was God who made it grow, but each one had their part. And so this is where a lot of times in our walk, we're like, God, why didn't we get mad at God because God get, didn't do something that we should do. And then we get mad at ourselves because we're doing, trying to do something that God should do. And we're, we're not understanding our order or, or our place in the garden. And we, we, we have to come to a place of, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, when, when God called Joshua into the promised land, how many know that would be a pretty hard task following Moses? The man who did the greatest miracles probably in the world. I don't know if anyone has done some of the miracles that he has done to that scale to literally have gotten the attention of, of the greatest nation of that day. 
The Egyptians were, were powerful in that time. And then Joshua is, is a nobody. He's not, like, he was Moses' servant. He was his water boy. But it says that Joshua would go into the tent when, Jesus, when Moses would meet with God and he would watch him meeting with God. And then when Moses left, Joshua stayed. He stayed in the presence of God. He was in that place and he knew what was the essence of what Moses had. And guess what? God called Joshua next. And he said, look, my servant Moses is dead. I want you to take them in. Here's a nobody. How many know God's raising up nobodies? He, the Bible says he's taking the foolish things that confound the wise. And just like Moses, or just like Joshua, he's commanding us, be strong and courageous. But then if we go to Joshua 1.8, actually, let's go there because I will screw it up if I try to paraphrase it. So in Joshua 1.8, this is what he says. And then I'm going to bring it into the New Testament. Where are you, Joshua? Okay. That just happened. All right. So he says, so he says, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Verse 6, be strong and confident and courageous and do not be afraid. How many know the season we just came out of, there's been a lot of fear. There's been a lot of um, people haven't been courageous. People haven't been wanting to step out. That's really been attacked. And I believe God is raising up people now and the people that have pressed into him they're going to come out with something more. And I believe this is our call. He says, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you, which was the word of God. He wrote the, the Ten Commandments. He wrote the scriptures of that time. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the, to the right or to the left. And my exhortation would be listening to YouTube and everything else but. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Googling it. Ask the one true God, not the Google gods. Right? <laughs> Come on. So do not deviate from, the, from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then, when you don't deviate, then you will what? Be successful in, in some things. It'll be a hit and miss thing. No, in everything you do. Study this book of instruction when? Sometimes. When you feel like it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to get... Uh, yeah. Do it later. No. Continually. 
Meditate on it. In other words, how do you meditate? This is what it basically means. It's not this, right? I don't know if I can cross my leg. <laughs> oh, I can. It's not, you know, this and all this weird stuff. Meditation in scriptures is speaking to yourself and speaking them out to yourself and basically regurgitating them like a cow does with, with their cud when they eat. They swallow it, and then it comes back. They chew it again, swallow it. And you take that scripture, and you begin to, to bounce it around, and you begin to meditate on it. You think about it, and you... I reverse it, and I go back and forth, and I'll be, okay. So then, you, so then if, I, if I do it, I'll be successful. So then if I don't do it, I'll be unsuccessful. And I just back and forth, just different ways that I can understand it. And so he says here, meditating on it, what? What? Day and night. That's for all the parents with babies. <laughs> Instead of being mad, it's like, no, get the scriptures out. Meditate on a verse. And love that little baby while you do it. <laughs> Day and night. And it says here... Um, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in, this, in all you do. Only then. See, sometimes we're, we're asking the wrong questions. We're asking God, why didn't you do this? Instead of God, you know, what's going on here? Maybe what do I need to be doing that I've missed? You know, as I've been seeking out, because as we're, we're walking with him, we're learning. You know, David made a major mistake. He wanted to bring the ark of God back. And he was, it was a very noble thing to do because the ark had been not with Israel and he brought it back, but he didn't bring it back the right way. He was supposed to have the Levites carry it and... And he didn't. He didn't read the instructions of the word of God and understand it. And so it was, a, someone went to stop it because it was tipping and they touched it and boom, they dropped dead. And so David had to take it back and then, you know, regroup and of course was shocked at it. But then he discovered, no, it's the Levites that are supposed to carry it. And, and there was a certain way God wanted it done. And so it did come back. And when it came back, it came back the right way. But there was a price tag to that. They didn't have success. And you know what I find that we're in? We're in a culture that picks and chooses. We pick and choose what we want. I like that verse. That's a bless me verse. No, I don't like that's a spank me verse. I don't like that verse. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, I can't say spank me. That's, that's a timeout. That's a timeout verse. <laughs> that's a stand in the corner verse. Think about it long and hard, right? Um, so it's like we can't pick and choose. And, and this is what we do so many times. So Jesus is like trying to show us, look, the word of God has power to produce. You know, it amazes me. I was just reading the Gospels a couple of days ago one part I was reading in it, and it just, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and there's multitudes that had been healed at, by this time. His ministry had gotten so big. So many people were touched. There were 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were, you know, declaring Hosanna in the highest. He, but he, he knows he's preparing for the cross. And Jerusalem, you know, is totally opposed. The religious leaders are just... And at one point, just before he's going to come into Jerusalem, he weeps over Jerusalem and he says... Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. But he says, but you were not willing. So here, all the power, everything that God had and wanted to give was available there and they couldn't receive it because they didn't want to do it his way. And they were unwilling. They were unwilling to receive the way that he came. There were many that received him the way he did come. But the institution at the time that was supposed to carry, because they brought the law and they brought all of those things, they were not able to bring the essence of who he was. And he had to raise up a bunch of sidekicks, the 12 disciples, that were totally untrained, unlearned. It's like, he's like, I can work with this, right? So he's not looking for experts. He's not looking for all these polished people. He's looking for honest people that will be willing to do the work and the work of what he wants done. Not that we're, that we're busy with everything. We're busy with the right things. We're not working harder. We're working smarter. We're doing what is needed. And all the other fluff stuff, let it drop off. This is essential. Being in the word and allowing that word to get in our lives every day is so important. And so the disciples said, well, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said to them, he says, so he said, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all parables? So it's very important that we understand this parable because what this parable does is it helps you to manage your expectations. Most people get discouraged and stop because the, where they want it to be in God and where they are, it becomes so big, they don't know what to do with it. And they just, they, they have an unrealistic expectation based on not understanding this law and this principle. Because many times we have to understand when we sow what soil we're sowing into why is that seed not growing? Sometimes it takes longer to grow, but if we understand it, we can manage our expectation. And it's important that we understand and we manage our expectation. So he says here, the farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. <clears throat> so the, the seed that, so first of all, we got to understand that God's word is, is the perfect seed, Right? There's nothing wrong with the word, right? It's perfect. It's not a faulty seed. It's a perfect seed. And so we have the opportunity to sow that seed. Now, that seed is also being sowed into us. Today, I'm sowing the word into you. So the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. And so the seed that fell on the path represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So first of all, the first kind of seed that gets taken 
is the one that is just taken right away. Satan brings a distraction. How many know those come all the time? It's like, you, you know, how many of you have gotten ready to go have your prayer time and boom, something happens? It's like, and all the mothers said, yeah. Sheila, Sheila had to tackle that one down and she would, get, she would just put the kids down and it was like, no, we're going to spend time in God's presence together and make them color and... Or just, and she figured out a way of getting them. And you know what? They started to be able to feel God's presence. And, you know, there's different ways, but God helps us as we're walking with Him, gives us different ways to be able to do it. But those, we have to recognize He comes immediately to steal that. So, so, you know, if something comes in to take you away from prayer, to take you away from reading the Word of God, um, like what we've, what I found is a lot of people like just is not a big thing anymore. It's just oh yeah, I couldn't go to prayer. No, that's not good. I love the odd time there's things in life, but you know you're receiving a seed and you're giving out seeds. That's a major time in cultivating God's garden. It prepares the soil. It gets things churned up. It's, it's so important. We got a little preacher back there. <laughs> and so he comes immediately to take the seed. So we got to be aware. There's, there's one thing. That's one tactic, okay? Then there's the seed. Um, he says here, other seed um, fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. So this is the other thing, is sometimes things that God plants in our lives, if, if we don't let that soil go deeper, if we just let it stay shallow, and a rock can represent something in our life that holds something up. And we got to let God deal with that, pull that rock out. Because if we don't, something can grow up quickly, but then life's heat comes in and you don't have roots because that area, you haven't let God's roots go deep in that area. And so that gets plucked or it dies. It just withers and it dies. And you're wondering, what, what is that? Maybe you got to let God take that stone out so that that seed can go down deeper. So every one of us is like, what is it? Everyone's like, hmm, do I have a stone? <laughs> we, as you walk with God, and if you find something that's reoccurring, it's like it sprouts up, but then it's just gone like that. Maybe ask God, like, why isn't this going deeper? Why aren't the roots of this growing deeper? And it could be something in your life that God's got to deal with to take that stone out of that, that place. And he can. Amen? So then he says here, um, and then he says, other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. So, wait, I'm, I'm reading the wrong... Um, Sorry, I'm reading the, I'm reading, I'm not reading his explanation. 
me, let me read this again. So this is the one with the shallow soil. He says, he says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Okay, so that's the challenge many times. And so what happens there is all of a sudden life brings you things, persecution can come for the word's sake, and, and if you've not allowed that word to go deep, if you default, because you know what we default to? What we grew up in and what life. If we don't allow God to deal with that area. And that's our back door. And our back door becomes a rock and shallow soil and the roots can't go deep. So we've got to let it go deeper. And so um, I'm trying to think of an example because um, there's so many different things where you can default if you don't let God deal with something. Um, I can't think of one right now. So here, so then there's the seed that fell among the thorns, which represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. And so these three things are our nation. They are the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. How many know things, things, things? We've got things all around us. We've got that pull constantly. What's the first thing when you ask someone, how are you doing? Well, my job's going good. And they start talking about their job. They start talking about their... No, I asked, how are you? As a person, you. Detached from things, all of your accomplishments, everything else you as a person but we link everything our whole identity many times is wrapped up in the success of all these things so if all of those things are so important to us what are we going to put our time in because this is what you do we all do it we make time for what we put first what is first Oh, God's first. Is he? Is he first in our money? Do we honor him with the first fruits of all of our increase? Is he the first in our time? Is he the first thought when we run into a situation and we need wisdom or understanding? Is he the first one that we ask for help? Is he, like, we, we have to be honest, right? And a lot of times, by default, that that's not the way it is. And so what happens is that perfect seed of God's word comes in, we're, we're getting ready to receive it, and it gets choked out by these things. Gets choked. And I hate weeds in the garden. I just pulled out a bunch this morning. I was out there and they were just, they, they it doesn't matter if it doesn't rain and not everything else doesn't get watered. Everything dies but the weeds. The weeds go, I'm here. It's like, you know, sometimes you're, you know, I don't have a lawn. I just have gardens. But, you know, some people are like, if I just had weeds for my yard, it would stay green. So, like, just 
do weeds for the yard because they, they just choke out everything. That's why we have to be so intentional. And this is why it's so important that when we, when we get that word, that we're, we're, we're doing these things and we're saying, God, what can I do to guard this seed? What can I do that this word can go deep? What can I do so that this plant doesn't get choked? But we're like, oh, God didn't do it. I don't know what's going on. Well, we need to understand this parable because his perfect seed and his perfect word works. Jesus stood in front of Jerusalem. Here was the answer for the world. He wanted to give them something and they were unwilling and he couldn't. He will not violate human will. He will not violate it. The devil will. The devil will drag you and drag us into sin and drag us against our will and control us to the point that it destroys your life. The devil will do that, but God will not. He will not. And so... We've got to be aware of the lure of wealth. We've got to be aware of the cares of this life. Sometimes cares, we've got to just let them go. It's hard sometimes. The Bible says what? Cast your cares upon who? Your neighbor, your friend, your spouse. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but who are you doing it to first? Don't make your first dump load to your spouse. <laughs> do it to him. He can take it. He can take it. Because sometimes some cares. <laughs> some things I've given to God, and I'm like, I'm really mad at him. And oh, I'm honest with him. He can straighten me out. He can take it. Right? It's better that than being bitter with someone else. And he wants us to take those cares to him because he cares more about them than we do. I know it's hard to believe. We really don't believe it. Because then we just, thank you, God, I take it back. This is what I'm going to do. And he's like, I care about it more than you do. I've got a little bit of a different plan. It's better. And I care about it more. But you've got to be willing. And sometimes it means waiting. Sometimes it means just laying it down. But we don't want that seed to get choked. Amen? Then he says here, and then there is the seed that sprouts. Um, the seed that fell among... Um, and then there's the seed that fell on good ground, verse 20. And it re represents those who hear and accept God's word. They hear it and they accept it. 
And you know what that means? That means, God, I'm going to take this now. This is a really hard word, but I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to adjust my life to this. I'm not going to make you adjust to what I think. And that's what we try to do. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. That's not what Aunt Bertha did. That's not what Uncle Joe's done. That's not what Grandpa's done. And everyone else through the generation. No. I had that with, I grew up Mennonite. And one thing was, everything's hard. You got to work hard. And if you're going to do anything for the Lord, it's going to be a struggle. And oh, you get, if you suffer for the Lord, that's so good. And everything was just, ugh. Oh. And by the time I got to my teen years, I'm like, okay, who needs this? Like, torture. I'm like, I'm going to go live a little different life than this. And then when God got me back and got me on fire for him, he took me to the scripture where Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and laden and uh, burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you because my yoke is what easy I heard that word and I'm like it went boink I'm like what all I heard was Aunt Bertha saying it's hard and grandma saying you know, Greg you, you, everything's hard for the Lord but you can do it and it was like I just heard hard 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 and it was like Jesus said, my yoke is easy, boink. My yoke is easy, boink. And it took me months and months. I didn't believe it. I wanted to believe it. And this is like, Jesus, you said this. I should believe it. But how many know when you feel like you don't believe something? Anyone have that? It's like, oh, no, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> no one here? <laughs> You get this where you're like, oh, it's just not, it's just not. And it's like, that's the wrestling of that word. And it's like, no, I got to take this deeper. I got to let this come and I got to hear it and I have to receive it. I have to receive it. And so what I did is I just, I memorized it and I just kept saying it and I kept saying it, I kept saying it and I kept saying it until all of the generational voices that had said to me, it's hard, it's hard, started to get weaker and weaker. And all of a sudden, the voice of Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And boom. You know how we get rid of a lot of bad seeds and weeds? We replace them. You replace them. You can't stop them. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to stop a bad thought or a bad, you just try to just like stop it? It doesn't stop. It keeps coming at you. It comes at you. What do you have to do? You have to replace it. It's the only way to work. And, and God gave us the plan. Replace it. Plant a new seed. 
plant my word? What do I say about that situation? What, what's my plan in that situation? What's my thought in that situation? What is the seed of my word that's going to grow? And it says here, those who heard the word, it fell on good soil. They heard it, they accepted it, and they produced a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Amen? How many want that? We want it. And so it's like, God, how do I get this in my life? We do it by just following those simple steps. We guard against those things that are going to take away from the seed, and we cultivate those things that are. And then what we, do we do? We don't get stressed out. If we've done the right thing, you know what we do? We go to sleep. Mark 4, 26. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed what? Sprouts and grows. Once that seed is in good soil, and you just have done the right thing, and you're, you're in alignment with it, and you're letting it just do its thing, it grows on its own. Day and night, while you're sleeping, boom, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. And it says here, it, first of all, he says here, um, but he does not understand how it happens. And this is where a lot of us get messed up. Because we can't think and understand the whole process and understand, you know, we can't Google it. And no one, no one did a video on this one. We can't figure it out. No one did a write-up. It's like, we can't understand it. We, we think it doesn't happen. And it's like, we've got to understand there's a God of wonders. And he has left a lot of things that we will never understand. That's because he's God. And he, we need to allow that element of not understanding certain things. And we don't need to be understanding certain things. We have to know that we did what we need to do. And that's plant the seed. That's water it. That's accept it and guard against those things that are going to choke it out. Or cause it not to get deep roots. Whatever it might be. And it says, first the blade, then the head, and formed, and finally the grain ripens. So that's how it comes. And so this is the thing, is we've got to understand it's every day with him. Jesus in the vine and the branches. I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me. And what does he say? And let my words abide in you it's not just oh yeah i've got jesus you know people got their version of jesus but it's like no it's jesus of the word the jesus of the bible the jesus that when he said certain things this is what he did not your version of jesus the jesus of the scriptures and he says if you let those words abide in you then you will it says here I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, verses, verse 5, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. 
Such branches are gathered in a pile to be burned. That's pretty strong. In other words, he's saying, look, anything that's not connected to me and not sourced in me is useless. It's dead. It's lifeless. We seem to think, oh, it's okay. You know, I like this and I like this and we like things. But, but Jesus likes things that have its source of life in him. And its purpose is in him. That's what's meaningful in life. Everything apart from that is nothing. It's fluff. Who wants it? But if you remain in me and my words remain in you. In other words, that's what I'm speaking. That's what I'm speaking. And if I'm speaking anything contrary, I've got my wife to tell me, this is what the Word of God says. I have the Holy Spirit to tell me, no, this is what the Word of God says. I have others in the body of Christ because I go to a small group, I'm connected, I'm doing life, and we're opening the scriptures together, and they'll tell me, no, this is what the Word of God says. Why are you saying this? Why are you letting this choke out the seed of God's Word in your life? But you won't have that if you're not around that. If you're just doing your own thing. That's why we got to garden together, people. We got to do this garden, God's garden, together. Amen? Because when his, yeah, it's the community garden. Yeah. So if it remains in, he says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. You know why? Because you'll ask for the right things. Because his heart is in your heart. Because his words are in your heart. You'll ask for the right things. And, you'll, and it will be granted. So when you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. And this brings great joy to Father Gardener. Amen? I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. How many know that a lot of things Jesus had to do were very hard, but they were things his Father commanded him to do? You know that he had to let Lazarus die and be dead for three days, or how many days was he dead for? Yeah. Um, like, he could have went earlier, he could have rushed, but his father's plan was, no, you got to finish this ministry in this town. And he was going to display his power another way. But that was a horrible, because the Bible says when Jesus walked, like we, we forget the human side of Jesus. When Jesus walked up, the Bible says when he was going up, and it says he saw Mary and Martha, and he saw everyone weeping and torn. It says Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. He was, he was so hurt and touched. But 
His father's plan was he had to let Lazarus die. This process had to happen. Now Lazarus got resurrected. How many know that was a might, powerful miracle? To the point that it shook that whole territory for a long time. That's another whole message in itself, but Jesus had to obey his father's commands, and sometimes they're really hard. But they're worth it. And he says here, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment. Do you notice it's a commandment, not a suggestion? Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And this is my command. Love each other. Amen. And that's what keeps and cultivates that soil. I believe one of the greatest things is love. Is if we let that love grow, that's what keeps that soil. Because what does it say is going to happen in the last day? The, the hearts of people are going to what? Grow cold. That is hard ground. Unforgiving. Unthankful. Put all those things together. Put that in a room, and what do you get? Ice cold, hard, hard ground. Nothing can grow in that. But when we let God's love grow and be cultivated, amen, where there's encouragement, where there's strength, where there's everybody speaking well, even when you have to speak correction, you speak the truth in love, you're, you're walking through those things together. You're believing the best for in every single person. These are things that when we cultivate that, that's where everything can grow and those seeds of God can grow. Amen? And we can bring people into that. And that's what we want at Big Church, right? That's who we are. We want that seed to grow. So God, I just ask, can we put on some dappy or no? Are you, you have the ability to do that, Aaron? There he is. So let's pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to just ask God for the seed of his word. First of all, I'm going to pray for... Gonna, there's a scripture here in, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says, Paul says, dear friends, you've always followed my instruction when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. So how many know it's easier to do something in front of someone? <laughs> it's when you're on your own. It's when it's to, you're given your own time. You can do whatever you want. And it's like, ah, I'm not doing that. It's too hard. Right? We do that. Human nature does it. But he says here, work hard. He's talking to the Philippian church to show the results of your salvation. Obey God with deep reverence 
and fear or with a holy reverence and awe. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So how many need some of the I want to in, in put back in you? You need a want to. There's something, like we need, we need God to work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do you know that he helps us if we are willing? Now, if we just ignore it and say, ah, you know what, I don't care about it. Guess what? You're not willing. But if that area bothers you and you're like, you know, God, I know this is what you want. This is what your word says. This is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what I'm doing. Help me. Help me to be able to do that. So God, we, we ask, we ask that, that we would be able to hear your word and receive it and do it. God, that is what we want to do. We ask that in those areas where the soil is rocky, that God, if, if, if there's something there that's causing your word not to go deep in our lives, God, I ask that you would remove that rock, remove that area, whatever that might be. We thank you for the power of the cross and the power, your resurrection power that has broken all the power of the enemy. If it's forgiveness, maybe God will bring someone up that you need to forgive. Then just forgive. Let that go. It can be multiple things, but he is a revealer. He can show you. And God, we also ask that those things that would pull us, the, the cares of this life and the lure of wealth and, the, and, and other things, and success in all those different things that pull on us so much and so pull us away from you. God, we ask that you would help us. Help us to see them for what they are and help us to see what you want to do in the midst of that. Help us to see that the value of your word and those things that you want to speak to our hearts Help us to see that, that you, your word has the power to set us free. Your word has the power to change us. Your word has the power to cause us truly to be successful. Far more than we could be successful in this world. We can be much bigger in you. So we ask that your word, we would let your word and the seeds of your word go deep in our heart. Help us to take that, that time daily to remain in you. Help us to take that time to meditate and to think on your word. God, I ask that you would begin to speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Lead each person into all truth. Teach us those things that we need to know 
where we are at right now. Teach us those things that we don't understand. As we open your word, we ask that you would begin to reveal your truth. And we know that when we know the truth, the truth makes us free. We thank you, Jesus, that you are truth. We ask that you would reveal yourself through your word as we open it up. Help us to take that time with you every day. I break off every religious mindset. I break off condemnation and guilt in Jesus' name. We bring it to the cross. We say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a leading spirit and that you lead us into all truth. So I thank you for taking those that really struggle with taking time with you every day. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for beginning to lead them every day into that place of just understanding the Word of God and understanding your truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are able to do that. Thank you, God, that it is you that it was working in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. So I thank you that you're working in us. You're working this in us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the seed of your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Another thing I want to challenge you with is if there's an area you're struggling in, a lot of times what I found is God will deal with me in a, when he's putting his finger on something. It's something that's always there right in front of me, and you can't get away from it. And, it, and it's like, it's like, okay, why is that still there? And it's like God's like saying, no, you got to deal with this now. This is a reoccurring thing. It's there. Boom, 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 boom. So then I'll find his word, and it's like, okay, God, what does your word say on this? Because I need your perspective. I, I don't need to just think, oh, and this, why is this happening? That is not helpful. God, what is it that you say about this? What's your perspective on this? What do you want me to do? Seek it out. And then you'll get something that'll jump out or that resonates, and it's like, yes. This is, this speaks to me. This is like, wow, this is going to set me free. And then meditate on that. And don't, because sometimes the devil's such a jerk. He puts, puts guilt on you. Like, let's say I've had where I've sat on a verse for weeks, not read anything else. This verse was that important to me. I just meditated on it. I just thought about it. I just, it just was like exploding. And he's like, you should be reading more verses. You should be reading more chapters. You're not getting into the word of God. You're not. Accuser of the brethren. He just accuses, accuses, and tries to put you under. And it's like, no, I'm receiving the seed of God's word. And this is what I'm receiving. And it's going deep into the soil. And I, but I have to shut that out. 
And then there's times I'm reading, you know, I'll read a lot, but it's like you've got to receive, approach the Word of God like it's a seed being planted. And that you're getting closer to God. Every time you open that book, it's like you, you are getting to know God. You're getting to know who He is. You're getting to know the way He thinks. You're getting to know His heart. You're getting to understand why He did what He did. You know, and the, the enemy will say, oh, that's way too, you'll never understand that whole book. You'll never, you know, he throws all those things at you. It's like, no, Jesus took a bunch of untrained fishermen and, and revealed himself to them to the point that they became powerful men of God. But they were willing to allow him to teach them. They were willing to receive what he had. So let's just know that there's more and it's not that hard. And it is even kind of offensive because it just seems kind of silly the way God does things. But this is the way he's going to do it. Through his word and through prayer. There's going to be more things done in the end times through prayer. And people just aligned with God's purpose. And the power of prayer is going to do what years and years of what man can do. It can be done in a second through prayer and as God is unfolding certain things and as his people come into alignment in that and pray that boom the power of that unleashes it and it doesn't take a lot of people it just takes a people well it should be multitude should be the crowd no we we should know now but majority doesn't rule and just because the majority says it doesn't mean it's right right We've, we've learned that going through this last 40 years. I want to go to what God says. I want to align myself to that, and I want to let him bring his success. I hope you want to do the same, because that's what we're in this for together. And if you're not in it for that, you're in the wrong church. Because <laughs> that's where we're going. But I don't believe any of you are. So let's go and have Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.